Vox Quick Hits. What you're about to hear is just a preview of a much longer and deeper conversation. And trust me, you're going to want to hear the rest of it. You can find the full episode at Vox Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, writer and Vox culture reporter Anne Helen Peterson talks with poet and novelist Patricia Lockwood about having a big, beautiful online brain. Here's Anne Helen. So I think I've seen a lot of people start their conversations with you by asking, what does it mean to be extremely online? Um, sometimes these questions come from publications where I think the readership is not very familiar with that understanding of like what it means to essentially have Twitter as the backdrop of your life. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask kind of a different version of that question, which is that what did it mean to be extremely online when you were a teen, which was the same time when I was a teen in the late 90s and Mm -hmm. early 2000s? Hell yeah. And how has that feeling of being extremely online changed? Yeah, so I did. Well, I accidentally took a sleeping pill before my interview (laughs) with Dan Coyes for Slate. And I made a really bold claim about it, which is that we are the perfect internet generation. I believe this. I really do. Yeah. And I'm going to make that bold claim again, even though I haven't taken a sleeping pill because I believe it's true. So yeah, no, we were the people who knew what it was like to live without like the internet idol in your house. Mm -hmm. And then we were the people who saw it installed in our computer rooms, as we called it then. (laughs) And we were the people who learned to live with it through the sort of changing iterations that we saw. And I think that we're the people who maybe have been around long enough to be really appalled specifically by what is going on right now. Yeah. But yeah, back then it was like, oh, it was just the wild west. You could do anything. I mean, we're talking like you were learning these tiny bits of HTML so that you could like add these animations Mm -hmm. to your Diaryland blog. (laughs) Um, There weren't ads on anything. I remember the first generation of like mommy bloggers Uh who put ads on their blogs and it was a big fucking deal. It was a huge deal and they were they were much hated for that. And now, I mean, ads are just the wallpaper. That's what everything is like. But it was also like, okay, so my dad's at church. That was always my thing. I was like, my dad's at church. I have the house to myself. I can go in the computer room and I can just like waltz into a Yahoo chat room that's dedicated to the discussion of poetry and talk to some old pervert, you know? And you were just like, that's what my night is going to be. Like you would have a whole night based around like an internet event. And that was really fun. I do think that we've lost that with the advent of smartphones. I mean, a smartphone is basically attached to your body. It's pretty much in your bloodstream. But back then, you had an internet evening. Yes. Did you have... Okay, so I had the AOL unlimited thing where you like signed up for 10 hours <laughs> and then you quit and then you got a new CD and then you signed up again. Did you do that ever? Yeah, we, we figured out the loopholes. But my dad was one of these early... Like he was a submariner and he was an engineer. And so he figured out the computer stuff early and he would always build computers. And in the process, he would shock himself quite badly um, <laughs> in a sort of like electronic guy kind of way. So I don't know if we were as much of like an AOL family as we were again, some sort of, you know, like janky thing that my dad had set up to just barely work. But I do remember that. Yeah, it was always like Frankenstein parts. And at some point, you'd be like working in the basement, and you'd hear like, oh, damn it. Like, you know, you'd hear the sound of him shocking himself. And it was kind of wonderful. It brought like a, a great deal of atmosphere to the event. I I had this book. So my mom was a, um, a math professor. And so she got a computer early on to try to like 
I don't know, be part of the internet community through her her college. And mm. she bought a book that had like all of the different BBSs and things that you could join. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that had, I can't believe this in hindsight, is it had email addresses of prominent people. So oh my God. I sent an email in the seventh grade, eighth grade to Bill Gates. Oh yeah, of asking course. Him, I asked him... <laughs> And I think Kurt Loder, I CC'd Kurt Loder. The two, the two big guys, Bill Gates, Kurt Loder, and, this is the two. And I asked Bill Gates, why don't you donate more money to charity? I, and he responded. I am not kidding you. He responded and like pointed to, you know, all of the different philanthropic stuff that he was already very involved in. Oh, so he was defensive. All right. He's like, I do yes. give to charity. Yes. But like, what a radical gesture on your part. <laughs> Uh, no, but there was something similar. Yeah, I had the Market Guide to Young Writers, uh, yeah. which, again, was existing in that sort of space where they were talking about, like, Oracle and BBSs and stuff like that. And it also contained email addresses just in, in the way that was like, you know, like yeah, like you would have a website URL now, pretty much. I mean, this goes back to your original point that we are the best internet generation. Yes. I think of, about this a lot with elder millennials' relationship to their devices just generally is that, like you said— we understood that like email used to be something that was amazing. Yeah. Like we opened up our email and we felt nothing but thrill. Yeah. And that is just totally gone. And you got on it. You got on your email like it was a life raft or something. And now the email is just piped directly into your brain like some music from hell. And you really do feel if some, you know, email comes in at like 11.45 p.m. from like your agent or your publishing house or something like that, you feel like you have to answer it then. That's not something that we experienced as the perfect Internet generation in that time when we had computer rooms and when we got on email. Now, what do you refer to yourself as? Are you an ex-annual? I mean, technically— Are you an elder millennial? I like that because it sounds like a druid or something wearing like a, like a columnar <laughs> yeah. cape. Yeah. So I was born in 1981, which is technically like the eldest <laughs> yeah. of the elder millennials. Yeah. But I think like a lot of people in our age range— like sometimes people call it the Oregon Trail generation or... Uh, oh, that's good. I do have memories of that, yes. The Jordan Catalano generation. Do you know this one? See, that's not... That's too straight for me. <laughs> I don't like identify. But it's like there are parts of me that feel very Gen X and then there are parts of me that feel yeah. very strongly identified with millennials as well. I mean, I watched, I watched My So-Called Life for the first time as an adult and I was like, wait, he couldn't read? <laughs> this was like an after-school special and he couldn't read? And like, I guess if you're going to choose a guy like a famous, beautiful actor who can't read, like Jared's the guy. So I was like, it's not wrong casting. But I was still like very shocked that that was the thing that they had built this whole show around and also that a generation of girls had apparently swooned for. Oh, yes. Um, I was like, yeah, no, I don't relate to that. But my cousin did have a Mac and she did have the old like black and green Oregon Trail uh-huh. on it where the buffalo would lumber very slowly across the screen. Yep. And that, I guess that was my first experience, I guess, with different interfaces because the Mac was supposed to be so much cleaner and to have such intuitive design. And I didn't know what the fuck I was looking at. And I was like, what is this graphic? What is this icon? I didn't know what I was supposed to do with it. Um, I had no literacy, much like Jordan Catalano um, <laughs> with the English language. I, ha- I didn't have that with the Mac at all. So I was, I was very intrigued. If you like the show, let us know. Room for improvement. We want to hear that too. We're curious to know what you think, what you want more of, what we can improve. 
And if you have ideas for future guests, guest hosts, or topics, send us your thoughts at voxconversations at vox.com. And hey, if you like this episode, share it with your friends, rate and review, and come back next week for a brand new episode. Thanks so much for listening.